Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Consider becoming a Texas Football Insider, our subscription package at TexasFootball.com slash insider. Besides helping to make shows like this possible, you'll also get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts, our archives. We've got all 60 years of the magazine digitized, recruiting analysis, and must-see insights from the Dave Campbell's Texas football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider at texasfootball.com slash insider. That's texasfootball.com slash insider. And thanks for listening. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Make sure you catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on texasfootball.com and on Facebook. And if you like the show, subscribe on the podcast vendor of your choice. Give us a positive rating and tell a friend. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas. It is Texas Football Today, a show that's... Pranksters. Pretty proud of itself. <laughs> this is a prank show now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's good. My name is Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, TexasFootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at TexasFootball.com or on Facebook, or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part. Support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She is the Duchess of the Dorks. She is Ashley Pickle. Hi, Ashley. Howdy. Happy Monday. Is this 106.3? Is that today? Mm-hmm. 1063? No, 4. 1064. Thank you very much. 1064. Yep. Let me pull that up. Great. Today is Monday, November 9th, 2020. 17 days till Thanksgiving. 17 days Man, till Thanksgiving. Man, yeah, we're in the teens now. 17 days. Episode 1064. 1064, the Mike Thompson episode. He, of course, is 64th all-time alphabetically as far as Rangers players are concerned. Uh, we're going to do things a little bit differently today. Okay, so normally on Monday we have the same kind of tent poles, right? We do Monday morning fallout. We do. We talk to a coach. We do the um, the AP rankings. We've got a bunch of uh, bunch of stuff as far as the player of the week is concerned. We round it off with a campus crawl. Obviously, this Monday is different because it is playoff season. The 2020 Texas high school football playoffs are here. You can go to TexasFootball.com right now and get playoff brackets. You can get playoff. Uh, like pairings, like where these games are going to be for 4A, 3A, 2A, and 1A. Um, we've worked all weekend. We've also got bracketology videos up on texasfootball.com. We're going to show those here on the show. But obviously things are different today because there is a huge thing that everybody wants to talk about, which is the Texas high school wall playoffs. They're here. Mm-hmm. As a result, here's what we're going to do. We've got the things that we normally do, right? The uh, the rankings reveal, the UIL 100, uh, the... Uh, the Mr. Uh, Texas Football. Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees. Coaches. We've got the Coaches of the Week. Got We want to get all those things done, right? But we are going to sprinkle in... Sprinkle in. Do the little dash of salt. The, uh, <laughs> uh, the, the bracketology videos. We're going to be breaking down the 4A and 3A brackets. Uh, 4A D1, 4A D2, 3A D1, 3A D2. What to expect and what you can see in those brackets. Uh, we will do those uh, coming up here on the show. So stay tuned for that. If you are a Texas high school football nut, 
you will love today because we are going to nerd out on the Texas high school football It's a class. lot of nerd. It like, is. it's an overwhelming presence of Cause, nerd well, cause this, I thought this about, week. Because I thought about it, I was like, normally on days like this, and it is odd, right? There's no 6A and 5A. They're still uh, a month behind us. But it is odd because I was thinking, I was like, well, you know, normally we do a bracketology show on Monday of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, well, we just – we just did a bracketology show. <laughs> yeah. So why don't we just show those guys our bracketology show? Yeah. No, so that's result, great. <laughs> we will have that coming up here uh, today. Do we have first four through the door? We sure do. It was Meese, Rob Hathaway, Alan Shepard, and Miss Terry Adams. Miss Welcome in, fellas Adams. and lady fella. And lady fella. That's right. <laughs> okay, friends. Uh, we are going to start off with our playoff bonanza here with 4A Division One, the largest classification that's going to get going uh, starting this Thursday with Texas high school ball games, playoff games scattered hither and yon across the state. We broke down the 4A Division One playoff bracket on Bracketology here on Texas Football Today. Bracketology presented by Dave Campbell's Texas Football, breaking down 2020 UIL Texas High School Football Playoff Brackets. I am Greg Tepper. This is 4A Division I. It's the biggest bracket that's starting right now because, remember, 6A and 5A come a little bit later. And a lot of attention is going to be paid to, I think, a couple of teams. But where those teams don't reside, I think, is where the real intrigue of the bracket is, specifically here and here, Region 1 in region three. But let's start with that region one because this is a region of who wants it. This is a wide open region. I do think the two best districts in this region are region three or district three and district four. And that is going to make things really interesting. Specifically, Dumas, of course, the champions of district three could see Andrews in the second round of the playoffs. I think that's a very dangerous team from out west. They, they run a high powered style of offense. They're going to be dangerous. Uh, keeping on Springtown, the di- champions of District 4, I think that they've got a very, actually a very nice draw, probably to a regional semifinal where they could see uh, a, a team like Dumas or Andrews. Up here, I was ready to christen Decatur because I thought that they were playing fantastic, but they were a team that struggled a little bit down the stretch, especially in, in, in the last couple of weeks, and now they get Pampa in the first round of playoffs. And that is no that is no pushover. If they get past that, I think they're the favorite to come out of here, and then they could see a team like Canyon. Canyon, a very dangerous squad there, uh, there out of out of the uh, greater Amarillo area. I think Canyon is a team to beat. This is anybody's ballgame. There is not a favorite here, plain and simple. Uh, you could convince me six, seven different teams come out of Region 1. That's going to make that a lot of fun to watch. Let's go to Region 2. And Region 2 has got one of those teams that we're going to be talking about a lot, which is Argyle. Argyle, first of all, shout out North Dallas. The Bulldogs made the playoffs for the first time since 1952. Their reward is the number one team in the state. It's okay. You're in. That, that matters. Argyle gets in. They're probably going to see Stephenville. I would say they're the favorite over Benbrook in the first round of the playoffs. That's an interesting challenge. And then look, guys, Argyle, bang. Remember them? Remember Waco La Vega, who played for a title last year? They're back. Maybe they figured their offense out. And, and, and they could get a rematch with Argyle in a regional semifinals. As history has held, Argyle has won the regular season, and Waco La Vega has won in the playoffs. Argyle won the regular season this year. What happens if they see themselves in the regional semifinals? That's going to be a big challenge. Up here at the top half of the bracket's really interesting. This is Midlothian Heritage up here. Got cut off, but that is a Midlothian Heritage team that I think is playing very well dangerous, run the ball very well, got a great quarterback there, and I think that Lee Wigginton is one of the best coaches in the state of Texas. And this is an interesting team, Paris. 
that is a much better than third seed team because they had to forfeit a couple of games because of COVID-19. They are dangerous. Do not sleep on Paris. This is a really interesting group here as well. Kennedale versus Brownwood is maybe the best one versus four matchup in the state this week. That's going to be a lot of fun. And they're probably going to, the winner of that game probably gets Melissa in the second round. Right now, look, Argyle's got to be your favorite down here, although Waco La Vega loves to hear me say that because they've got they, they've had every reason uh, to feel like they can beat them if they see them again. Midlothian Heritage probably gets the nod up here, but a lot of teams in this part of the bracket, plus a dangerous Paris team that could give them trouble. Let's go over to Region 3 on the other side of the bracket, where this is a real physical region. This is a, a region where teams hit you, and they run the ball at you, and this is going to be a lot of fun. Lindale. Jordan Jenkins has been unbelievable for Lindale and the coaching staff there, led by Chris Cochran, has this team believing. I think it's one of the better coaching staffs in the state of Texas, but they have a tough test to get out of that. Needville runs the ball very well as well. This part is really interesting. Livingston won their first district championship in forever this year, but they get Tyler Chapel Hill, a dangerous team coached by Jeff Reardon, that is going to give them a lot of trouble. That, to me, the winner of this game is probably the favorite to come out of this part of the bracket and see a team like Lindale in the regional semifinal. Bottom half of the bracket now is going to be a lot of eyes on what happens if these two teams get here. Now, Splendora made the playoffs as well. That's a dangerous Splendora team that I think is playing their best ball right now. Keep an eye on the Wildcats, but they got tough road to hoe with Kilgore, a very dangerous team from out in East Texas. I am really interested to see what happens if we Kilgore and El Campo in the second round of the playoffs. El Campo, one of the most physical teams in the state of Texas. Ruben Owens and that, that stable of running backs, they are terrific. This is interesting as well because Houston Wheatley polished off their first undefeated regular season as a UIL program. They had a couple of undefeated seasons as a PVIL program before 1963, I believe. But this is a Wheatley team that I think is playing very well. Tough first round test against Brazosport. And this is a really interesting game. Huffman, Hargrave, and Palestine. You know, game district games matter. Huffman, Hargrave lost their region, their district championship game to Livingston. And as a result, they get a tough matchup with Palestine in the first half, uh, first round of the playoffs. This is a wide open re region, I think. I lean towards Lindale. I lean maybe towards El Campo. But this is a very dangerous region. Let's go to region four now. In Region 4, we'll go to Region 4 and push. There we go. This is an interesting test, okay? Because a lot of eyes are going to be up here. This is Lampasas. This is, of course, Ace Whitehead. This is that unbelievable team. Uh, uh, Coach Troy Rogers has done a, a terrific job with the Badgers. Uh, they are the number two team in 4A Division 1, and they deserve to be there, right? What I am interested in is the kinds of tests that they would have to pass to get out of their own region, okay? Let's just play this out. Let's mock this out for it. This is just me, okay? They're going to be favored over Uvalde. In the second round, I project them to see Corpus Christi Miller. Wide open spread offense. Andrew Body, their quarterback. Terrific, terrific offense. Just absolutely crazy spread, right? There's that. Let's say they get past that, right? I would say that the favorite down here is probably Port Lavaca Calhoun. That's Richard Whitaker's Flying Veer. You're talking about Jerry Stewart. You're talking about uh, Steve Johnson. They run such a unique style of offense that that is going to be a totally different challenge for land passes. Okay, let's say they get out of there. The favorite from this bottom half of the bracket, in my mind, if you're not talking about Austin LBJ, keep an eye on them, they're very dangerous as well, is probably Corpus Christi Cal Allen. And you know what they do? They run like the wing T. They're a low-scoring, grinded-out, defense-first, Jeremiah Earls, Coach Phil Danaher, defensive coordinator Steve Campbell, they want to grind you into dust. So if you believe in Lampasas, like I do, what you've got to recognize is the kinds of tests they would have to pass to get out of there. They'd have to play a wide-open spread team, followed by a flying veer team, followed by a wing T team. 
That is dangerous. That's not even a mention if they have to see Austin LBJ, who gave them a lot of trouble. That's the team to keep an eye on. I love this Bernie team. I think this Bernie team is very interesting as well. This is a fun region that has a lot of variety in it that is going to give us a lot to chew on. So when you take a look at the bracket overall, again, bit of a mystery box up here in Region 1. Argyle's probably your favorite, but Midlothian Heritage and Waco La Vega love me saying that, right? Argyle's probably the favorite to come out of this side of the bracket. Over here, who knows? I think it's probably land passes, but they have a lot of tests to pass here. And then, by the way, if they get out of here, they'd have to see a team who is exceptionally physical. If you're talking about Lindale or El Campo or, or a team that gets hot like Livingston or a team that gets hot like Kilgore, this is a fun bracket. And so there's a lot of people, I think there's a notion to pencil in Argyle versus Lampasas, and I would love to see it, and that may in fact be what we get. But there's a lot of different speed bumps for both of those teams before we get there. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have you covered at TexasFootball.com. There it is, Bracketology. Breaking down the 4A Division I bracket. We get into the Texas high school football playoffs coming up starting this week. You can, of course, find complete coverage at texasfootball.com slash playoffs. We will have our playoff predictions, I believe, up as soon as I finish them. They're in my email box. I need to put them in a graphic form. I'm very <laughs> sorry. I was very, it was very late last night. It was very late. Uh, yeah, it was. It's a very late night. It was one of those I mean, I was, partying. I was partying over the important election results. Yes. That Isaiah Kiner-Falefa <laughs> and Joey Gallo won the gold glove. Popping champagne. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> oh. It was such a good trip. Oh, I'm, I'm be, watching I'm the be... comments come in like, no more politics. And I'm going. <laughs> I'm going to be insufferable because of that joke. Anyway, <laughs> that's fair. We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com. Talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Madam Wizzle Pickle. Oh, all right. Dave Campbell's Texas Football in conjunction with the Texas Bowl is proud to present the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week Award to the most deserving high schooler in the state of Texas. Every Monday at noon, TexasFootball.com announces 10 candidates for that week's award based on the previous week's on-field performance. We then leave it up to you at TexasFootball.com. Voting at TexasFootball.com. Uh, voting closes each Friday at noon, with the winner being announced shortly thereafter. Your Week 11. Oh, I guess I should probably say... We are going to finish Player of the Week all the way through the end of the regular season for 6A and 5A. So four more weeks. Four after more this. weeks. So we will have a week 15. I think well, there will be a week 15 Player of the Week. Yeah, because it'll and that end will be it, the final. Yeah. That will be the final Player of the Week. And we'll announce that technically on week 16. Yes. Although tomorrow, I'll, I'll tease that afterwards. Your week 11, <laughs> Mr. Tex Football Player of the Week nominees. Georgetown Eastview wide receiver Michael Sedwick had three catches for 143 yards and three touchdowns. Do that ratio thing, right? <laughs> uh, plus three tackles and an interception on the defensive side. Arlington Martin quarterback Zach Mundell was nuts. 20 of 24, 278 yards and five touchdowns passing. Good enough. He also ran for 64 yards and a touchdown. Nice. Returned a punt for a touchdown. What? Zach Mandela for Mr. Chicks Football Player of the Week. So is Laredo United South running back Brian Benavides. He's back. 34 carries, 262 yards, four touchdowns rushing, and he threw for 18 yards just for funsies. Dangerfield linebacker and running back D. Lewis had 20 tackles, three forced fumbles, three fumble recoveries, 35 yards, and three touchdowns rushing, and he averaged 46 yards a punt. Cool. 
That's a, have yourself a day, Dean like, Lewis. Hey, don't punt it towards his size of the field. <laughs> now I present to you perhaps the most ridiculous. This is so dumb. Line I think I've ever heard. This is so it belongs dumb. to Bangs running back and linebacker Ethan Sanchez. He carried the ball 14 times for 440 <laughs> yards and seven touchdowns. He also had 11 tackles and four tackles for loss. Bangs running back linebacker Ethan Sanchez. Lindale running back Jordan Jenkins carried the ball 35 times for 321 yards and six touchdowns on the ground and also caught three passes for 17 yards. Cy Creek quarterback Brad Jackson threw for 488 yards and six touchdowns passing. Just 488 and six. Yeah. Nuts Mm -hmm. for Brad Jackson. So (laughs) did Lindsay quarterback Colt Shuckers who threw the ball 42 of 51 for 487 yards and six touchdowns through the air. Colt Shuckers up for Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week. So is Pecos running back and linebacker Abel Velasquez. 26 carries, 325 yards, two touchdowns rushing, 79 yards receiving, 10 tackles and a sack for Pecos running back and linebacker Abel Velasquez. And finally, Beville Jones athlete Jalen Spicer. He had 82 yards and two touchdowns rushing, nine catches, 231 yards and three touchdowns receiving, plus nine tackles and an interception. So those are your Mr. Tex Football Player of the Week nominees for week te- for week 11. Rather, vote now. At, vote early. Vote often. Vote now at TexasFootball.com. Can we? Okay, this cannot wait until final thoughts. So we're going to go ahead and get this out of the way. Happy birthday, Miss Terry. Oh, happy birthday, Miss Terry. Sorry, we didn't say that at the happy beginning. Happy 29th birthday, Miss Terry. Yes. Happy 29th birthday, Miss Terry. Enjoy it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know what Miss Terry wants for her birthday. She wants some 4AD2. She wants 4AD2 bracketology. <laughs> well, guess what, Miss Terry? We got it for you. Here is my breakdown of 4A Division Two bracket here and bracketology here on Text Football Today. Bracketology is presented by Dave Campbell's Texas Football Breaking Down, the 2020 UIL Texas High School Football Playoff Brackets. I'm Greg Tepper. This screen behind me has the 4A Division II bracket on it, and it's going to be a lot of fun, particularly in one region, but every single region has intrigue. That's kind of the interesting thing here, is every single region, a lot, we're going to focus a lot on one particular region. We'll get to that maybe when we talk about the third region we're talking about. Hint, hint. But... This is going to be a really fun bracket. Let's go to Region 1. Region 1 is a lot of teams we had high hopes for that I still think, if they get hot, could absolutely win the region. I'll give you a perfect example. Salina entered the year as my favorite to win Region 1 of of 4A Division 2. I think they've probably struggled a little bit more than they thought they would, but the talent is not the issue there. If they figure things out, they can absolutely make a run, but they will run into Sweetwater, potentially, in the second round. Leo Holsey, their quarterback, unbelievable. That is, by the way, another thing. Write a note. Sweetwater's super young. They're going to be back for the next couple of years. Lubbock Estacado has got tons of talent, but they could draw Iowa Park or Sanger, either of whom is a very interesting second-round matchup for them. Bottom half of the bracket here, I got to tell you, I like this Graham team. I like this Graham team a lot. Daniel Robertson runs the ball exceptionally well. Their defense, I think, is starting to round into form. I think they're the favorite out of this kind of group of four. And then at the bottom half of the bracket, again, you've got a couple of teams that I think have a chance to really catch fire. Aubrey, of course, the champions of District 4, they've got a chance. And then Midland Greenwood or Seminole, both of whom have a chance to make a run. Let's talk about Region 2 now. In Region 2, a lot of focus is going to be on the two teams out of District 8. And really, all 
four teams out of District 8. When you're talking about Champion Gilmer, you're talking about Pleasant Grove, of course, the defending state champs in Pleasant Grove. Uh, you're talking about Liberty Isla, who I think is very dangerous uh, as a as a three seed, and Longview Spring Hill even as a champion. There, Re District 8 kind of sets the terms of this region, but there's plenty of reason to think that the champion of Region 4, 2 rather, is not going to come out of Region 8. First and foremost, let's say Pleasant Grove gets past Bullard. Glen Rose is a problem. Glen Rose is a real problem. Keep an eye on them. I think the Foxes of Caddo Mills are very dangerous. I think Van is very dangerous as well. The bottom half of the bracket, I think Gilmer did well by winning that district championship. I think they got put in a much more favorable part of the bracket. But Godley's could be a problem. If Sunnyvale figures it out, they could be very good. I love that coaching staff there. And Mejia. Keep an eye on Mejia. I love this Black Cats team. They are playing with an edge, and that's going to give them uh, a, a lot of a lot of, of confidence going into the playoffs. Now, look, if you're asking me right now, I would probably tell you we're in for a Pleasant Grove and Gilmer rematch. And that game, of course, was decided by a last-second field goal, so shrug emoji. But we will see who comes out of Region 2. Let's now matriculate over to the other side of the bracket to Region 3. And oh my gosh, guys. Oh my gosh. This region's nuts. Absolutely nuts. Okay? Obviously, we're going to start talking about Carthage. Okay? Carthage is, of course, the... Uh, state, the reigning state champions, they have looked every bit the part of the number one team in 4A Division II. But look at what their path could be, hypothetically. And there's a lot of teams that could, could give them trouble, okay? Silsby, super, super dangerous team from down in Southeast Texas. Then in the regional semifinals, they could see a team like Salado, who is really good and plays this style of football that they muck up your game plan. I'm really interested in Salado. Or they could see Belleville. Either of them are very dangerous. In the bottom half of the bracket, who in the heck's coming out of here? I mean, you've got athletes all over the field. West Orange Stark, unbelievable. Needs no introduction. Uh, that 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 defense, that blue link defense has been terrific. Jasper and China Spring is maybe the best first round matchup in all of 4A. That is a terrific, terrific matchup. The winner of that is going to give West Orange Stark some trouble. Sealy is a team to beat. Flying under the radar, but a tradition-rich program. They are back. And then down here, Waco Connolly in center. Are you kidding me? Awesome first round matchup. Winner of that game is going to give whoever comes out of here a lot of trouble. So, Region 3, absolutely nuts. Carthage got to be your favorite, but tons of landmines for the Bulldogs that they're going to have to navigate. Let's go to Region 4 now, where things are a little bit more, I think, manageable. Of course, you've got Quero. Quero's having a very difficult year this year, but and they've got a very tough first-round matchup with Geronimo Navarro, who may in fact be the favorite to come out of Region 4. But I will say this, if they get hot, they are, they, there's, no, there's no doubting that they can make a run. That said, Geronimo Navarro, the way that they're playing right now, the champions of District 14, I think they're probably the favorite to come out of at least the top half of the bracket. Interesting side note, Raymondville is into the playoffs having played one game this year. One! 2020, you've done it again. Navasota is a team to keep an eye on as well at the very top of that bracket. Down here at the bottom half of the bracket, a lot of interesting squads. Of course, you've got Wimberley, and a lot of attention is going to be paid to Wimberley. I think they actually got a very nice draw, but they could see a team like Sinton, who is dangerous, or Giddings in the in the regional semifinals, at which point they would run into their old district bunkmate, Geronimo Novaro, most likely. So Region 4, I think, has some favorites, and especially one power nexus in District 14. But I do think that Wimberley down here got a pretty decent draw. They won't have to see a team like Navasota or Geronimo Navarro until a regional final. So when you take a look at 4A Division II uh, writ large, 
A lot of attention is going to be paid here, right? A lot of attention is going to be paid to Region 3 for understandable reasons. Carthage, West Orange, Stark, Jasper, Ch uh, China Spring, Waco Connolly, Center, Sealy, uh, Salado, Belleville. I mean, it's unbelievable. But don't sleep on here because I think there's a lot of teams that could get hot. And down here with Pleasant Grove and with Gilmer and with a lot of potential landmines, Region 2 could be fun as well. Down here, Region 4... You know, we're going to find out. I think that Geronimo Navarro is probably your favorite, but Wimberley, of course, uh, has a history of getting hot at the right time. And Navasota is another team that could be a problem. So, look, for Division Two, a lot of fun. And everywhere you look, kind of for different reasons, we're going to have it all covered for you at TexasFootball.com. There it is, Bracketology for 4A Division Two. 4A Division Two playoffs start this weekend. We will have you covered at TexasFootball.com. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Oh, Pickle. Mm-hmm. Let me pull this up. Hold on. Let me do this. Give me a second. Do, 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 Stop do, it. Do, do, do. You stop. Oh. oh. I know. Oh. I know. Oh, why'd you make me sad? I know. It hurts my heart. Big jerk. Dave Campbell's Texas football unveils its Week 12 statewide Texas high school football rankings on Monday at TexasFootball.com. The rankings are compiled by the Dave Campbell's Texas football staff. DCTF has published the state's most respected Texas high school football rankings for decades and is the official rankings provider of the Associated Press since 2019. Complete rankings can be found at TexasFootball.com. rankings One thing to note... This will be the final rankings for Class 4A, 3A, 2A, and 1A. Okay, 6A and 5A will continue, so will the private school rankings. But for now, this is the final week of rankings for 4A, 3A, 2A, and 1A. So we will continue to update um, our, our rankings. We'll do 6A and 5A each week here on TexasFootball.com plus the private school ranks. But for 4A, 3A, 2A, and 1A, we're done. We do to the end of the regular season, and then that is church. So there you go. Let's start with Class 6A, where we've got some movement. Let's talk about the number seven team in the state, the Katie Tompkins Falcons, who take down Katie. They vault all the way up from number 14 to number seven in the new rankings. Uh, Katie tumbles from number three to number 10. Cedar Hill, with their win over DeSoto, is up two spots to number eight, while DeSoto plunges from number six to number 12 with their loss. New to the rankings at number 24, the 6-0, and Killeen Shoemaker, Gray Wolves, 42-30 winners over uh, Brian on Friday night. They are through to, they're into the rankings at number 24. To 5A we go, 5A Division One. Almost entirely chalk. Highland Park's win over Longview. They don't really have anywhere to go. They stay the same at number two, but Longview drops one spot thanks to their close loss to number eight. Lubbock Coronado with their big win uh, leapfrogs them to number seven. Uh, elsewhere, everything else relatively chalk. Top five remain the same. Denton Ryan, Highland Park, Lancaster, Cedar Park, and Richmond Foster. To 5A Division Two, we go, where again, almost entirely chalk. The only change here is that Texas High's 28 nothing win over over uh, Marshall is good enough to leapfrog them over Mansfield Timberview, who was idle this week. A lot of idle teams, by the way. Alito, Frisco, Timberview, Wichita Falls Rider, and Lubbock Cooper did not play. Everything else is the same. Top five unchanged. Ennis, Alito, Fort Bend, Marshall, Huntsville, and Frisco. 
to 4A we go, where these are the final regular season rankings for Dave Campbell's Texas football in 4A Division One. A little bit of change. Portland Vaca Calhoun's lost to Corpus Christi. Cal Allen drops them from number three to number eight into their stead. Is the team that beat them. Corpus Christi Cal Allen, the number three team in Dave Campbell's Texas football. Melissa up a spot to number five. El Campo up a spot, or I'm sorry, up to number four. El Campo up a spot to number five. Midlothian Heritage, despite being idle, uh, teams lost around them, so they were able to vault up a couple of spots. They finished the year at number six. Wicklow Vega up two spots to number seven with their win over Brownwood. Dumas up a spot to number nine. And new to the rankings in the final rankings, the Lindale Eagles, the district champs. They beat Kilgore 47-40 to to earn the number 10 spot in the rankings. To 4A Division Two, we go, where we also had some changes. The big win was Gilmer's 31-28 win over Pleasant Grove. That falls them up to number three, where they basically switched spots with Pleasant Grove. Jasper remains the same at number four. Everything else, exactly the same. Number one, Carthage. Number two, Western Shark. And at the bottom, number seven, Cattle Mills. Number or number six, Salina. Number seven, Cattle Mills. Number eight, Graham. Number nine, Seeley. And number ten, Glen Rose. To 3A we go. 3A Division One. The final regular season rankings for 3A Division One is chalk. Nothing changes. Everyone's a winner or idle. Brock, Grandview, Shallowwater, Malakoff, Pottsboro, your final top five in Dave Campbell's Texas football. To 3A Division Two we go, where a little bit of chalk, almost entirely chalk, although 3A Division Two did get a little bit of a makeover as we have a new team uh, cracking the rankings. Uh, we are talking uh, about Ballinger. At number 10, they finished the year 9-1 with a 42-0 win over Sonora. That is good enough to crack the top 10. Uh, Childress drops out of the rankings, so Holiday and Dangerfield each move up a spot, but the top five unchanged, Canadian, Gunner, Poth, East Bernard, and Spearman. To 2A we go. The final 2A Division One rankings are mostly the same, although we did lose a team. Who did we lose in 2A Division One? I'm trying to think off the top of my head, and I can't. Um, Shiner, Refurio, Post, Timpson, uh, and Lindsay are your final top five. Cisco is up up two spots with their big win over San Saba. That's who we lost, San Saba. Uh, their big loss, uh, big win over them. Crawford uh, loses, uh, lo- ends up losing a game via forfeit to Valley Mills, but they stay the same at number seven. Norman G at number eight. Uh, they are up a spot. Panhandle at number nine. They're up a spot. And new to the rankings, the top ten Hearn Eagles. Yeah. They beat Moody to finish off the regular season unbeaten. They are the number 10 in the final 2A Division Two rankings. 2A Division One rather. The 2A Division Two, where a little bit of movement, a little bit of shakeup. Wellington's win over Wheeler keeps them at number 3, but drops Wheeler from number 5 down to number 8. The beneficiaries there are Albany, McCamey, and Cristoval, who are up to 5, 6, and 7, respectively. Vega is still the same at number 10. Your top 3 unchanged, Mart, Hamlin, and Wellington, with Winthorst at number 4. Into the six-man ranks, 1A Division One, courtesy of our friend Granger Huntress at sixmanfootball.com. Not a ton of changes in the final 1A Division One rankings. Westbrook stays the same at number three, but May leapfrobs Rankin for the number four spot. They switch spots. Everything else is unchanged. Sterling City and Borden County and Westbrook start the year, or finish the year. One, two, three in 1A Division One. Finally, Wayne Division 2, where we did have some movement. Jayton's big win over Motley County vaults them from number 5 to number 2. Motley County down a spot to number 3. Groom uh, down a spot to number uh, to number 4, despite their win over Will Dorado, basically making room for Jayton. Everything else, largely unchanged. The number 1 team in 1A Division 2 heading into the playoffs, the Balmeray Bears. And into the private school ranks, a lot in the 11-man ranks, 
Four, the top four teams were all idle. Parish Episcopal, Nolan, Cedar Hill, Trinity Christian, Cedar Hill, and San Antonio Cornerstone. Dallas Christian did score 56-16 win over Frisco Legacy Christian. That remains them. That keeps them at number five. And the six-man ranks, a couple of, uh, of everyone's a winner. No changes here. Austin Veritas, Fredericksburg Heritage, New Braunfels Christian, Bastrop Tribe Consolidated, who was idle, and Dallas Lake Hill rounds out the top five. You can find the, comp- the complete Texas high school football rankings, including the final rankings for 4A, 3A, 2A, and 1A at texasfootball.com slash rankings. A reminder, 4A, 3A, 2A, and 1A, done. That's the last rankings of the year. Starting next week, we will continue to update the 6A and 5A rankings plus the private school rankings. So keep it right here. We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on texasfootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Pickle, let's talk a little 3A. Do you like 3A? I, yeah, big fan of 3A. I like 3A. Let's break down the 3A Division One bracket, which has a chance to be really, really fun this year. Here is Bracketology for 3A Division One here on Texas Football Today. Bracketology presented by Dave Campbell's Texas Football, breaking down the 2020 UIL Texas High School football playoff brackets. I am Greg Tepper, and this is the 3A Division I bracket. And we're going to get a little bit interesting here because I think each region has their own flavor, and I think that they've got a different storyline each step of the way. There's one region that is maybe the craziest region we've seen in a long time, maybe outside of like 6A Division I Region 3, back whenever they have Katie and Galena Park, North Shore, and Tascosita, and all those unbelievable teams in the same place. There's one region here that is ludicrous, but we'll get to that. Let's start first and foremost with Region 1. And Region 1 has, of course, the number one team in the state in the Brock Eagles, and I think they actually got a pretty decent draw, okay? Denver City or Littlefield in a second-round matchup could be an interesting uh, challenge. Jim Ned is playing very well out of the Tuscola area. That is a team that I am very interested in, but Dalhart, keep it on Dalhart. I am not giving up on them. Top half of the bracket, a lot more interesting to me. You've got Shallow Water playing exceptional ball, the district champions of Region 1, could be, or District 1 rather, could see pilot point in the second round. That's a very good pilot point team. That could be a fantastic first round matchup. Bushland and Wall, I think are teams that are going to be uh, dangerous. Keep an eye on Boyd. Got up to a hot start, faded late, but I think that Boyd has a chance to make a, a run. Brock's your favorite here. Couple of landmines here, I think, in Jim Ned and whoever comes out of the top half of the bracket, but I think that the number one team has to be the favorite to come out of their own region. Let's go to region two. Holy cow, guys. Like we knew, like we knew, looking at like the standings and looking at the way things broke that this was going to be a ludicrous region, but now when you see it, it's out of control, okay? It's actually out of control. You got Mineola, okay? The champions of probably the toughest district in the state in District 5. Uh, you've got, uh, I think Dallas-Madison and Grosbeck is an interesting matchup. Atlanta is a super high ceiling team. They can figure things out. This is the best matchup in the first round of the playoffs. Gladewater and Mount Vernon, uh, I think the winner of this game could legit win the region. Plain and simple. Gladewater's been unbelievable this year. West is an interesting squad. And then the bottom out of the bracket, oh yeah, the two-time defending champs. In Grandview, and they have not missed a beat. They have an undefeated, looking very good this year. Now they, they but they are going to draw a second round matchup either with Winsboro, who gave them a tough, uh, who, who could give them a tough run, or Tatum, who has been outstanding. And then at the bottom half here, look, we could have Malakoff and Pottsboro, the two most recent state runners up, playing in the second round of the matchup. And who would they see? The team that beat them in Grandview. 
It is a ludicrous region. It is, I, I think you look at Grandview, they have to get the nod here, in my opinion, as the defending, two-time defending state champs. But what an absolute gauntlet they will have to go through in order to get out of their own region. Unbelievable. Let's go over to region three. Region three is a little bit, I, I don't know if it's quite up to the caliber of region two, but there's some really interesting squads to keep an eye on. A lot of you, the way you think about region three is going to come down to what you think of district 11. Okay. District 11 is the Lorena district. It's the Rockdale district. It's the McGregor district. It's the Little River Academy district. You'll notice I didn't say Cameron Yo. Cameron Yo, Troy, both missed the playoffs. So the question is, is District 11 a bunch of mediocre teams or are they a bunch of teams that were really, really good that all just beat up on one another? That kind of shapes your thinking as far as Region 3 is concerned. Elsewhere around Region 3, I think East Chambers is a very dangerous squad. Ernest Caesar, they're running back. They're undefeated. They have been terrific there at uh, 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 in, in East Chambers. They are a really sensational squad, uh, undefeated for a reason, but they could be running to McGregor in the second round. And then up here, Cold Spring, Oakhurst, Rockdale, Columbus, and Woodville. That is four squads that are really interesting. Very dangerous. Now at the bottom half of the bracket. I will say this. East Chambers, I'm a believer in them, but they got put in the dirty side of the bracket. Down here, Lorena is an interesting squad. The district, the champions of District 11, Coach Ray Biles, is an is one of the best coaches in the state, but he's going to have his work cut out for him going up against this really, uh, really dangerous bracket here. I look at Hallettsville. They run the slot T. They have Jonathan Brooks. Slot T is the devil. Keep an eye on the Bramas. They may be, in fact, the favorite in Region 3. Die Ball's an interesting squad as well. I think they've picked it up as the season has gone on. Overall, look, I think there's about six, seven teams that you are well within your rights to say are the favorites in Region 1. I personally think it's Hallettsville, but your mileage may vary. Let's go to Region 4. Region 4 is, I think, setting up for a couple of really good uh, regional semifinals, because I think there are some favorites to get there. One of them, let's talk about the Yellow Jackets, Atlanta. Uh, I think what Coach Matt Green has done there is putting him in the conversation for Coach of the Year, plain and simple. He's done a terrific job for Atlanta, historic year for the Yellow Jackets, and they now, I think, have a decent path for them, because I think they'll be favorites come out of this kind of group of four, where they probably see a team like Jordanton, who has an, a terrific quarterback in Cole Andrus. That's a team that I think, if they catch the right if they catch them on the wrong night, they can beat anybody in the state. That is a good Jordanton team. Edna will have something to say about that as well. Very physical Edna squad. Bottom half of the bracket, I love this Vanderbilt Industrial team. I think they are physical. I think they run the ball well, and I think they play great defense. Keep an eye on the Cobras. They're probably the favorite here, although Blanco is a very dangerous three squad, three seed. The bottom half of the bracket, this is anybody's ballgame. This is anybody's ballgame. San Diego, Orange. I can see Orange Grove, coached by Mark Del Percio, making it all the way to the regional semifinals. I really, really could. They'd be an underdog against Vanderbilt Industrial. Keep an eye on Lago Vista, San Diego from down, the, down south. That's an interesting uh, team as well. When I look at this, I think it's probably Lano. I think Lano's probably my favorite to come out of Region 4. What they've shown this year, they've taken on all comers, and they've won in a variety of different ways. That makes them my favorite to come out of Region 4. So when you take a look overall at, at 3A Division 1, all eyes are going to be here. Every single week, you're going to have bangers. Every single week, you're going to have unbelievable games. I think Brock is your favorite out of Region 1. Who the heck knows down in Region 2? Up here in Region 3, again, about six or seven teams. A lot of it depends on what you think of one particular district. And down here, two or three teams. Lano, uh, Jordanton, Vanderbilt Industrial, probably your three favorites to come out of there. Uh, I think that Brock versus the winner of this, I think this is the power nexus of the, of the bracket over here on this side. Uh, but you've got enough teams that are surprising over here that who knows, they could get hot. And in this strange 2020, you never say never. So... 
Three Division One. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll have complete coverage for you at TexasFootball.com. There it is, bracketology. Breaking down the Three Division One bracket here on TexasFootball.com. You can find all these on our YouTube page. Whoa! Oh. Whoa! Shoot! Well, sorry. Spoiler alert! Yeah. Spoiler alert! I meant to do this. Hang on. A bing or however you do it. There you go. <laughs> you want to text in? Uh, we're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Pickle? Mm-hmm. In celebration of 100 years of UIL Texas High School football, the UIL and Dave Campbell's Texas football have teamed up to honor the best, the brightest, and the most unforgettable icons and legends in the sport's illustrious history. With help of some of the state's foremost experts and historians, the UIL and Dave Campbell's Texas football honors 100 of the greatest players to ever suit up in Texas, 100 of the finest teams to grace the gridiron, and 100 of the most fabled rivalries that give the game its one-of-a-kind flair. Each week throughout the 2020 season, Dave Campbell's Texas football will announce 10 honorees on each list, an indelible honor to be known as one of the greatest in Texas high school football history. Fans will then have an opportunity to weigh in, voting for the player, team, and rivalry they think is the best of the best to be named to the UIL 100 fans' choice. It all leads up to a celebration as big as Texas, celebrating the UIL's 100 players, teams, and rivalries, and the fans' choice top 10 in each category at the UIL Texas High School Ball State Championship Games at AT AT&T Stadium in Arlington. Let's start with our players. Start with our players. The Week 9 entries into the UIL 100 Years 100 Players list. Quero running back Robert Strait. Palestine quarterback Super Bill Bradley. Abilene Cooper quarterback Jack Mildren. Navasota wide receiver Trendavian Dixon. Wortham offensive lineman Leonard Davis. Lufkin Dunbar quarter or defensive back rather Ken Houston. Big Sandy linebacker Lovey Smith. Highland Park offensive lineman David Richards. Houston Jones defensive back Daryl Green. And Waco University running back Ladanian Tomlinson. The newest entries into the UIL 100 Years 100 Players list. You can vote for which player you think should be on the Fans' Choice Top 10 at texasfootball.com slash UIL 100. Let's move on to the teams. The UIL, the newest entries into the UIL 100 Years 100 Teams list. Some of these teams you may recognize, including 1983 Dangerfield, 1999 Mart, 2013 Alito, 1934 Kroll, 1953 Sugarland, 1988 Dallas Carter, 1953 Huntsville, 1969 Iowa Park, 2005 Salina, and 1956 Austin Anderson. The newest entries in the UIL 100 Years 100 Teams list. You could vote for which team you believe should be on the Fans' Choice Top 10 at texasfootball.com slash UIL 100. Finally, the rivalries. The newest entries into the UIL 100 Years 100 Rivalries list includes Salina and Pilot Point, Sherman versus Denison, the Battle of the Axe, Dallas Carter versus Dallas Kimball, the Oak Cliff Super Bowl. Belleville versus Columbus. Raymondville versus Lyford. Baytown Lee versus Port Arthur, Je- uh, Port Arthur Jefferson. Haskell versus Stamford. Cooper versus Honeygrove. Lubbock versus Plainview. And LaGrange versus Smithville. There they are, the newest entries in the UIL 100 Years 100 Rivalries list. You can vote for which rivalry you believe deserves a spot on the Fans' Choice Top 10 at texasfootball.com slash UIL 100. 
everyone a big fan of this player's list, saying that it's oh. extreme. Like, this one oh, was the biggest reaction this that we've gotten of how this in the world brutal. do you choose. This is brutal. Which is why we let I mean, make y'all yeah, do it, we'll not us. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, because, like, you got Robert Strait on there, who mm -hmm. is a, a legend in yeah, Quero. I'll, I'll pull that back. You got up L yeah, go throw it back up there. You got Super Bill, right? Yeah. You got Jack Mildred, who's an unbelievable player at Adeline Cooper. You got one of the, you got a couple of the greatest offensive linemen in Texas high school yeah. ball history, and Dan yeah. Richards and Leonard Davis. Big love for the big uh, guys. You've got right maybe now. the best player in PVIL history in Ken Houston, mm -hmm. and then you've got like legends like who went out like Ladainian Thomas, oh, is it? yeah, you know? and 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 Trindavian Dixon, who was one of the greatest receivers of all time. Lovey Smith, Daryl Green, like it's a stupid, stupid list. Yep. I mean that in a positive way. It's a crazy <laughs> good list. list. It's a crazy good list. So, it's your job to vote for which player should be on the UIL 100 or UIL Fans Choice Top 10 at TexasFootball.com slash UIL100. Glad I don't have to do it. Yeah. That's that is exactly <laughs> why. <me> all. <laughs> one of the things. One of the things, like, whenever we started this project, we started this project almost a year ago. Mm -hmm. And um, when we started doing it, one of the things I had a huge concern about was, like, I wanted to make sure that the UIL didn't expect us to, like, rank these guys. Yeah. Because it's no. like, how? No, we can we can provide you how? with the 100. Here's but the 100. No and by the way, way the that's world. tough enough. Because yeah. 101 through 100, 145 are, like, unbelievable players who absolutely mm -hmm. should be on the list. But it's like, you know, that's tough enough. Let alone ranking them? Yeah, no, no way. way. So uh -uh. that's your job. <laughs> Texas football playoffs are right around the corner. We have the 3A Division II bracket. It's going to be a lot of fun. We break down the bracket region by region on Bracketology here on Texas football today. Bracketology presented by Dave Campbell's Texas football breaking down the 2020 UIL Texas high school football playoff brackets. I'm Greg Tepper and this is the 3A Division II bracket. You can find a printable version of this at texasfootball.com, and you'll need it because I think we're going to spill some red ink on this because what I see here is the potential for a lot of craziness. I think there's a couple of steady ships in the sea that we're going to expect to see deep in the playoffs. But, but aside from them, I think this is a wide-open bracket. I think you're going to have a lot of upsets, quote-unquote, teams that finish lower in their, in their district than the team that they beat. I think this team is this bracket has a chance to be really, really fun. Let's take a look at region one first and foremost. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. There is a heavy, heavy favorite here. Can you spot him? Can you spot him? Can you spot him? That's right, it's Canadian. The, the Wildcats have to be the favorite here, the number one team in 3A Division II. And I think that they proved that in week 11 with their absolute hammering of Childress, who, by the way, I think is still really dangerous. But their reward for losing to Canadian is that they get a first-round matchup with Abernathy. That's no fun because Abernathy, I think, is playing very well uh, as well. Ballinger is an interesting squad. I think that's a team to keep an eye on potentially as a, as a, as a, as a under or maybe a, a bit of a sleeper here. But this is the dirty half of the of the region, okay? Because you've got Spearman uh, with Brennan Thompson and the way that they're playing, they're very dangerous. You've got Childers, you've got Abernathy, you've got Ballinger. This is a very tough part of the region. Down here for Canadian, a little bit more manageable, right? Bangs is an interesting squad. I think the Dragons have a chance uh, to make some noise, but but they scared me a little bit with uh, with their loss to Ballinger a couple of weeks ago. Can they get that offense going with Ethan Cortez and Ethan Sanchez? The bottom half of the bracket, uh, I'd like Idaloo out of here, but. 
I must say, keep an eye on my Alpine Bucks. I think the Bucks have a chance to make make a run here, but I think that probably Idle is a favorite here to challenge Canadian here. Uh, no matter what, Canadian never got a chance to play Spearman. Their game, their district game was canceled because of COVID-19. But if we get that matchup, it will be a, the first time perhaps a challenge for Canadian, but the Wildcats, uh, Coach, uh, Chris Ketting's squad has to be the favorites here. Let's go to Region 2. Now, Region 2, this is, to me, Gunter's region, and it was made even more so by the way the bracket broke. I'll explain this. Okay, I think Gunner's the best team in the region. That's my personal opinion. They're the number two team in 3A Division II, according to Dave Campbell's Texas football rankings, the way that they're running the ball, the defense, et cetera, et cetera, all that fun stuff. Furthermore, I think they avoided the second, the third, and arguably the fourth best teams in the region. When you're talking about Eastland with Baron Morton, when you're talking about Holiday, the way that they're playing, when you're talking about Bells, that is a team to keep an eye on. By the way, keep an eye on Blooming Group. Coach Cheeseburger's doing an unbelievable job there. This side of the region is, I think, very dangerous, and you're going to have a lot of teams that are kind of cannibalizing one another. Whereas Gunner, I think they're going to be a favorite over Rice, Jacksboro Henry has an interesting interesting matchup in the first round, but I think they'll be a favorite there. Palmer is a team to keep an eye on. I think Palmer is flying under people's radar. Maybe not a brand name that you're familiar with, but Palmer have been very good. I think Gunner's your favorite. Comanche is an interesting kind of sleeper there, but I think Gunner's your favorite to come out of this part of the half of the bracket. I think that they could see either Eastland or Holiday here in the top half of the bracket, but they would be the favorite in a regional semifinal, which of course, regional final rather, which of course give us Canadian versus Gunner part one of one 100, basically. Let's go to Region 3. And in Region 3, a lot of this depends on what you think of what you've seen lately, okay? In the early going, Newton, of course, no stranger to uh, state championships, Newton was a team that struggled out of the gates. But they have figured things out. If the last time you saw Newton was in like the first game of the year, you're missing out because they have been excellent. They have a tough draw here. Harmony, of course, the defending regional uh, state uh, state uh, runner-up in Paul Pewitt there as well. That's a tough draw. Hooks is a very dangerous team that just got done knock knocking off Dangerfield up here. They're dangerous. Elysian Fields, of course, the, the champions of District 11. This is a tough part of the, of the region. Up here, you've got a lot of fun as well. I think we're careening towards a Wascombe-Dangerfield second-round matchup, and that is mwah, chef's kiss. That is a fantastic matchup. I think that's probably the two best teams in that side of the bracket, although West Rusk might have something to say about that. This is a really balanced region, and I think that what you're going to end up seeing, if Newton has truly figured it out, they can get here and see probably the winner of the Dangerfield-Wascombe game. Although, again, keep an eye on West Rusk. To Region 4 we go. And in Region 4, I think I've got my eye on three, maybe four teams. The three teams I've got my eye on. Franklin, okay? Franklin, after a slow start, has gotten excellent, excellent play from their defense, and I am really excited to see how far they go. East Bernard is probably your favorite to come out of the top half of the bracket with respect to, to, to Franklin, maybe, but the one thing I'll say, that first-round matchup with Lexington, Lexington with Jared Kerr, that's a team that I think struggled down the stretch, but if they flip the script, if they turn it on, that's a dangerous team in the first round of the matchup. I, if I'm East Bernard, I'm not happy about that draw. I, I think that's a tough draw in, in the first round. Meanwhile, the bottom half of the bracket, a lot of this comes down to what you think of Poth struggling against Natalia in Week 11, because that was basically the first time that the Pirates have been anything close to mortal. Poth has been 
just rolling past people. Now they're going to get big, tough tests. They're going to get a tough test against either Tidehaven or Rodgers. Down here, I think Buffalo, Brandon Houston's doing a great job with the Bison. I think that team is very dangerous, especially if they're figuring out the defense starting to come along. This is a really interesting region overall that's got a couple of teams, especially Franklin, East Bernard, Poth, maybe a team like Buffalo that have a chance to make that deep run. But what is what is going to end up happening is that they're going to end up cannibalizing one another. And, and, and what you're going to end up seeing is two teams that have had to fight to get to a regional final. That's going to make this a really interesting region. Look, overall, I think we're careening towards Canadian versus Gunner, part one, 1000. Oh, and then over here, it's kind of a mystery box. This feels like it's set. This feels like it could be anybody's ball game. And that's what makes this so fun. Canadian, I think, is the favorite to win the state championship. Okay, What they've done has been absolutely outstanding. But they've got to get through a tough region. And furthermore, they've got to get past a tough team, uh, maybe in Gunner or if they get upset like a team like uh, Eastland or Holiday in the state semifinals. And over here... I mean, pick a name out of a hat. It could be really anybody's ballgame. Three in Division Two is going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to have you covered every step of the way at TexasFootball.com. There's that dork. Breaking down the Three Division Two. Oh, look, there he is again. He changed shirts. You can't escape him. Someone did ask that in the uh, comments. They're like, "Did Tepper just change shirts and do this ah. this morning, or did they actually do it yesterday?" I was like, "Oh, it's definitely yesterday." No, we came in Sunday. Came in Sunday. Yep. Burning the midnight oil. It was before the Cowboys game, though. Yes, we were to, done before. I knew you had to was, get home to a Cowboys game. Yes, which was an actual football game. It was yesterday. an actual football game. Like, believe it or not, it wasn't a colossal pooping like, on the field. It was. It was not. You're right. It was not a colossal <laughs> pooping. So anyway, there it is. And by the way, those are all up at TexasFootball.com and on our YouTube page. So if you want to check out Bracketology at your own pace, you can check that out there. And of course, we have brackets. We have matchups. Predictions are coming today. Sleepers are coming this week. Um, uh, upset specials are coming this week. Uh, we got a ton of stuff coming on TexasFootball.com uh, for the playoffs. Nobody has you covered for the Texas High School playoffs quite like Dave Campbell's Texas football. That's a fact. One more thing to do, Pickle. Yes. Dave Campbell's Texas Football is proud to honor one head football coach in each classification with the Coach of the Week Award. Each coach recognized with this honor typifies the best in Texas high school football. Your week 11. Mm-hmm. 11. There Thank we you. go. Dave Campbell's Texas Football <laughs> Coaches of the Week. And 6A, Carlos Lynn from Cedar Hill. Coach Lynn's Longhorns embraced the underdog role Friday night in the Battle of Beltline and made a major statement, knocking off sixth-ranked DeSoto 49-42 to to put themselves into a matchup next week with Duncanville for the 11-6A title. That'll be fun. In 5A, Cammie Lewis from San Antonio Memorial. The Minutemen are off to a strong start in 13-5A Division One as Coach Lewis's squad improved to 2-0 on the season with a resounding 50-34 win over San Antonio Sam Houston. In 4A, Jeff Reardon from Tyler Chapel Hill. Coach Reardon's Bulldogs shined in a win-or-go-home game Friday night, knocking off Henderson 42-28 to improve to 6-4 on the season and giving Tyler Chapel Hill their first playoff appearance in five years. In 3A, Chris Lancaster from Little River Academy. The Coach Lancaster's Bumblebee stunned Troy with a second-quarter blitz to knock off the Trojans 42-21 and secure the fourth playoff spot in the brutally tough District 11-3A Division 1. In 2A, Jason Porton from Vega. Coach Porton's squad, a, uh, a week after beating Stratford for the first time in 52 years, had no letdown this week, knocking off a good Sunray squad 41-7 to, to secure the District 3-2A Division 2 title. In 1A, Dwayne Lee from Strawn. A year after losing the district title to arch-rival Gordon in the final week of the regular season, Coach Lee's Greyhounds exacted a little bit of revenge, soaring past Gordon 90-40 to clinch the district 11-1A Division II title. 
And in the private school ranks, C.J. Wilson from Grapevine Faith Christian. Trailing 20-7 to at halftime, the Wilsons Lions mounted an inspired rally to force overtime, and Mark Saunders plunged in for the game-winning touchdown in the extra frame to take down district rival Fort Worth Christian 21-20. to So those are your Week 11 Dave Campbell's Texas Football Coaches of the Week. Congratulations to all the coaches, and thanks for what you do for your teams, communities, and schools. And now we go to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. Um, happy birthday, Miss Terry. Happy birthday, Miss Terry. Yes, that is first. Two, don't forget, if you didn't get uh, your fix of the Bracketology videos, go find those on the YouTube page. And lastly... Yeah, we're going to try to scatter in the... Uh, we will We will get... We do have 2A and 1A preview. We Obviously, we're out of time today. Uh, but we do have 2A and 1A Bracketology videos ready. We will play those throughout the course of the week. There is no show Wednesday. Pickle's got to go and do a thing. Yeah. That's super vague, and it sounds like you're doing, like, a drug deal, but it's not. Don't nod at that. <laughs> um, no, she's, well, we're off on Wednesday, but tomorrow we will probably do the 2A ones, and then on Thursday we'll probably do the 1A ones. So we will get through them. Yes. Um, it's just we, we didn't want to overload it today because mm-hmm. there's a lot to do. So, yeah, it'll be a different kind of week. We won't have the same kind of tent poles that we normally do uh, on each particular day. Which is but, nice. It's week 11. Switch yeah, it up. Yeah, we're going to switch it up a little like, bit. Why you know not? what I mean? We've been, we've been kind of grinding on this uh, for, the, for the past uh, yeah. two and a half months. A little bit of, little bit of change. So. The one question that I thought was interesting, and if you don't know the answer off the top of your head, maybe we can bring it back for the pre-show tomorrow. But uh, Andrew Christensen asked on our list of the 100 – players UIL 100 players do you know which school has the most players like which school is represented the most mm-hmm. i think that I would be i would be interested to see that maybe we can bring that highland back park's gonna be show. up there um yeah highland park's my initial reaction Action, probably i would need to check westlake maybe like travis maybe Abilene, Abilene's got a bunch. Just start throwing out like really random teams that don't have anyone on there. El Paso, Del Valle, <laughs> Sunray, <laughs> Marathon. <laughs> they don't even exist anymore. They do. The, sta- the town exists. The school doesn't have a football team. The town just didn't go to shambles. No. In- oh, I've been there. Marathon's lovely. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Camels. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Camels. And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Vince Young, please meet your Player of the Year trophy. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today. Mm-hmm.